Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs. If you're tired of complicated domain management, I've got the solution for you, Hover.com. Hover makes registering and managing domains a breeze. Their clean interface and hassle-free experience will save you time and frustration. No upsells, no hidden fees, just straightforward domain services. Plus, Hover offers top-notch customer support. Make your life easier. Head over to foxcitiesmm.com hover and simplify your jo- domain journey today. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And Gavin, we're back with again with another episode. This is our third episode, third podcast of the night. We don't yes. do this very often. No, we so do not. We call this our podcast marathon. Yes. So... You got a story you gotta get for them, us. Got to get them out there while you can. Uh, yeah, I do. I do have a story, and it might be our shortest one yet. Like, <laughs> uh, I could maybe have added something to this, but I don't even know why. <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say here. It's gonna be one it's, of these quick and dirty Fox City murder mayhem's. It's it's all good as long as there's either murder or mayhem in it. Uh there's a murder. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're safe then. There's a murder. Um and. And there's a theme, there's a theme that we can talk about, but the thing itself is not that exciting, so it's really, this is about the theme probably more than anything. Okay. But, alright, so, our main character, I guess, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't sound very confident in the well, main character. Well, I mean, this is so short, like, is there even a main character? <laughs> I don't know, but if the, but the person we're going to talk about, I guess, is Elva, and her last name is, like... Hoop or Hop. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. So we're going to just call her Elva. Uh, she was born in and grew up on a farm near Sherwood, Wisconsin. Ooh. Yes. And Sherwood, if people do not know, is south of Gakana and east of Manasha. So like at the very north end of Lake Winnebago. And if you're familiar with High Cliff, it's basically or, High Cliff. Or High Cliff, yeah. yeah. But again, this is the Fox Cities podcast. I assume you know where Sherwood is, but if not, that's the best I can do to describe it. All right. She is the daughter of Garrett Hupp, or Hoop, who is, you know, he's just a farmer. Her mother is the sister of John Dino. And John Dino, the only reason we bring him up at all is because he operated a store on 3rd Street in Kakana. So we can mention Kakana. <laughs> so our main character's uncle is a Kakana store owner. Nothing beyond that is Kakana related, but just to throw that out there. All right. So it's June 1916. That's our time frame for this episode. Elvis working as a seamstress for various shops around Milwaukee. She was primarily affiliated with the Quick Service Tailoring Company on Grand Avenue. She was lodging with a Mrs. E. Glazer on 1st Street in Milwaukee, not 1st Street in Kukana. Glazer and Elva were always cheerful with each other, and Glazer said that Elva kept regular hours and would occasionally go out with a friend to see the moving pictures, but all in all, she was a pretty good person to have in her house. While in Milwaukee, Elva fell madly in love with David Bersansky. And David was a jitney driver. 
A what? A jitney driver. Okay. Am I supposed to know what that is? Because I no. have no idea. No. Everyone out there is like, we don't know what that is. <laughs> it's essentially like a like a cab driver. Okay. A taxi cab driver. Allegedly, they were secretly married on September 12th, 1916 in Waukegan, Illinois. They eloped because Elva was Catholic and David was Jewish. <laughs> okay. And this would have gone over very, very poorly with their families. A few months later, December 1916, David borrows a car from a friend. Apparently, even though he's a jitney driver, he doesn't have his own car. car. So he's borrowing a car from a friend. The couple goes for a drive. They're driving around the outskirts of Milwaukee. The car is later found north of Milwaukee, covered in snow. The two people are dead inside the car. Is this going to be the extent of it? Well, I mean, there's a little more than <laughs> Okay. <that. laughs> the location was described in the newspapers as either on the Port Washington Road, on the Green Bay Road, or near Lincoln Park. So exactly where it was, it's hard to say, but if you're familiar with Milwaukee, you can kind of get an idea of where that is from Green Bay Road, Port Washington Road, and near Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, uh, I believe, is like on the east side, kind of like off of North Avenue, okay. around there. I should have checked that out before this, but I believe that's where Lincoln Park is. Um, the first to notice this car was Lewis Larson, a roadhouse owner. He could tell on one glance that they were dead, so he called the sheriff's department. The sheriff showed up along with Deputy Frank Daggert. They looked... Sure enough, they were dead. <laughs> they knew it immediately. <laughs> David's left arm was wrapped around Elva's shoulders, and his right hand was a revolver with two bullets missing from the chamber. A coroner's inquest determined that David had fired a bullet into Elva's temple and then quickly turned the gun on himself. How they could tell it was quickly, I don't know. <laughs> but either way, death was apparently not instant. Because blood soaked their clothes and left puddles on the floor of the car. So, even after they were shot, their bodies were still pumping blood for a while. So something wasn't very good in their marriage, apparently, huh? Perhaps. <laughs> David was identified by his family. But the family did not know who Elva was. Wow. They claimed they had never seen her before. Additional friends of David's were called in until eventually one of them recognized her and said, oh yeah, that's Elva. <laughs> so a whole bunch of people have to look at this body until one of them figures it out. And now is that because the body was so decapitated no, or just because just, nobody knew who Elva was? They had just never met her. Wow. From there, they contact Elva's brother, George, who is an insurance agent in Kenosha. He shows up to identify the body, and he and he verifies. He goes, "Yep, that's that's Elva." So now they got a family member to identify mm -hmm. it. It's all good. He hears this story about them going down to Waukegan, and he goes, "Yeah, that did not happen. These two did not have a secret marriage." According to George, David had actually proposed to Elva, but she turned him down. And the reason she turned him down was the same reason that they allegedly got secretly married because of their difference in religion. She didn't think that was going to work. 
George believed the death was not a suicide pact, but an act of jealousy, because David did not want her to be with anyone else. Basically, if you're not going to marry me, you're going to die, because I don't want you marrying anyone else. Authorities searched the records in Waukegan, and in fact, they could not find any evidence of a marriage taking place there. So, even though this rumor was going around, and there was even an exact date of this this marriage, apparently it, it did not happen. Mrs. Bersansky, David's mother, told the press, quote, We are Jews. And one of my daughters married a man of different religion, which David knew made me sad. Now I only wish he had confided in me that he wanted to marry Elva, and I would have borne with it to keep my boy alive instead of this dreadful ending of his own and his sweetheart's life. My boy, my boy, I want my boy. (laughs) She then tried to fling herself on her son's corpse in the morgue, and had to be forcibly removed from the building. Wow. <laughs> Further investigation did not happen. The police decided this was a pretty self-explanatory case, so they just left it as is. David was buried in Spring Hill Cemetery in Milwaukee, and Elva was brought back and buried in Sherwood. Very, very short and sweet story. Um, the discussion, of course, is, you know, this is what happens when people... Hide things? Well, hide things, or or they think that things aren't going to work out because of, of differences. And uh, that's that's no fun. No. And this is a very sad story, and it's, it's really a shame that we can't actually know truly right. what happened. Like, like, did they get married? Did they not get married? I mean, I would think that they didn't get married, right? Because it shouldn't be very it hard seems, to find. Yeah, it seems like they did not. Because it would be very hard not to be able to find the pl- right marriage certificate if they had gotten married. Right. It seems like they did not. So, but yeah. So, like, but but either way that the story goes, either they got married, it had to be secret, and then they chose to kill themselves, or he proposed, she turned him down, and he killed them. Uh, either way, like the the it's the same thing. This happens because they don't think that they can be together because. with their with their families. Right. And that's that's stinky. Like, yeah. Like And for anybody that puts their kids in a position where they fe- are making them feel like they can't do something because of some belief whether it's religion or something, stop doing that cuz it's yeah. not it doesn't lead to good things. Right, right. As you can see in this exact example. Right. I think that's a bummer. I think whether it's it's religion or or any reason like I mean I there's a hundred reasons why. Right. You could I think I think that stinks. And I mean obviously there's <laughs> there's good reasons that a parent might not want their child <laughs> dating somebody. Like there's definitely good reasons. But uh but this is this is unfortunate. And even and even like the way the mom is quoted after the fact, and I'm not sure how accurate this quote is or if the paper's being a little funny, because like the my boy, my boy, I want my boy, and then throwing herself <laughs> on the on the dead body, like I mean, maybe it happened. It seems a little bit I don't know. But but whatever. The way she she says if my son had confided in me that he wanted to marry Elva, I would have borne with it to keep my boy alive. She doesn't say, I would have been okay with it. She doesn't say, like, 
that's who my son loves. I I want him to be happy. She she basically says, I'm not gonna like it, but, but I'll suffer. <laughs> I'll suffer <laughs> with so it, she, so he can be happy. Yeah. yeah. So even after he's killed himself, she's still basically saying, had he gone through and and married her, I would have been really upset about it. So she basically admits that they were right. Yeah, like <laughs> they they. Yeah, they they weren't misunderstanding the situation. The families right. would have been totally disappointed. Right. I guess you don't know the other side of the story. Right. They so. don't they don't ask about Elvis' parents, so I don't know that side of things. But but definitely David's mother does, still gives Reason the hint that. that this would have made her very unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Which you're right. It that's tra- a tragic thing. Like, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I like this. It's is very short. I think. There's probably a little bit more that can be done. I'm fairly confident that um, Milwaukee County Historical probably has the coroner's inquest file um, because they have very good coroner inquest records there. So there's that. But I don't know how much it would really add. Yeah, like what are you going to get from that? That's just going to be how many times somebody was shot or something like that? Well, it depends. I mean, their coroner's inquest files are all over the place. Sometimes it's as simple – so – I should I should step back for a moment for people who don't don't know or don't remember because I, I guarantee you we've talked about this before, but like a coroner's inquest is this sort of informal thing where the cor- oh, the coroner calls in like six people and they all kind of like look at the body and then people testify and a lot of times it's just a doctor testifying like this is what I think happened in the situation. And then the coroner's jury makes a decision about the cause of death. Sometimes it's very simple. That's all a coroner's inquest is. But sometimes they they do a really thorough job. So in this case, it could be as simple as the doctor being like, yeah, this guy shot her, then he shot himself. But they could have gone the extra steps and called in people to kind of get into why it happened. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't know that without seeing the files. But but sometimes you actually do find some really good background information in there when really? they when they try to figure out what leads up to it. Because sometimes they want to figure out the motives. In this case, like I guess it doesn't really matter because whether it's a suicide pact or it is a murder suicide, you know, it it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really ch- much change much, anything. It doesn't change anything because you can't arrest a guy, but. But, yeah, but, that, but they they might have they might have out of curiosity asked a couple people for some background so they understood what had happened. But I don't know. It could have been as simple as they just said, "Yep, it was it was a murder suicide." And I I almost think that it would be as simple as that. And and which is kind of a sad thing because it would be really nice to know like why did this happen? You mm-hmm. know, you know, at, at least give the families that that you know yeah. satisfaction of knowing okay what happened here like was he being terrible to her or right. what, did they decide to do this together because they couldn't be together i mean that changes a lot of dynamics of the whole thing right based on why it actually so it, happened. it could have it could be in the files it might not be i don't know um but it is the coroner's inquest files are really useful for murder investigations like if you're researching a murder because one Milwaukee County is really, really good with their records. So if it's something really old and the police file doesn't exist anymore, the coroner's inquest file probably still exists. And during a murder, like even during the coroner's inquest, they'll call in like a dozen people who were like witnesses. So you get like 
basically police interviews, but they're not police interviews, they're coroner interviews, but you're going to get the same answers. Mm -hmm. So that's really helpful. Or more modern, if the police file is not public because it's too recent, you can still get the coroner's file and you'll get some of that stuff that wasn't made public because they tell it to the coroner. Mm -hmm. And coroner's files are public. So that's that's the nerdy that's the nerdy <laughs> part of this. But if you're somebody out there who's like researching uh, anything like that, consider consider going to your coroner's office and seeing if they've got inquest files or or anything like that. Because a lot of times there's there's bits and pieces in there that didn't make it into the paper. Interesting. All right. Well, that will wrap this one up. Yeah, it's a very straightforward one here. But just kind of huh? just want to touch on that idea that. Sometimes people end up dying for things that, you know, today, not that big of a deal. People get married outside the religion all the time now. But it, this was a pretty big deal back then. And for there sure. is. Like, some, not to make light of it, it was serious. And there was, there is something out there. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but there is something out there that people probably don't get married for today that are just, is now the new version of this. You know what I mean? Could be. Like Could something be. that's not acceptable for for people to get married because of this thing and that could cause this whole same thing to happen again. Yeah. Which is just sad. Because right. that's just history repeating itself, but we never learn. But you know. Right. That's that's the world, I guess. So so yeah. yeah. But and I do want to point out that even though this was such a short story, yeah. this has not been our shortest episode, I don't think. Really? Oh, Because okay. we're at 19 minutes right now, and we've I think we've done 15-minute episodes. Yeah, that may be. I think in the early days, days, we did some quicker stuff. Yeah. Before I started getting really long-winded. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's about it. This, like, maybe if I, if I request the file and I find something, we'll give an update. But that's, that's it, really. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode, and we will see you then. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.